That's what I do. And then years later, revenge, isn't it? Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast. My name is Chris Brass and today I am joined by some, some lovely faces from the Video Gamer team. We finally tempted him back onto the podcast, Stephen Burns. Yeah. You right? Yeah. Good. That's, that's the kind of uh, enthusiasm and... You make you know, it sound like I've deliberately been away, Bratters, when actually I've been working. I've been reviewing the biggest and best video games. Well, you... Or you've been sitting in here chatting a load of bollocks. Uh, he's football crazy and chocolate mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brett. Hello. It's literally the only thing I know about football, that advert. Can you remember what that was? It was Power Pods. Power Pods. Yeah. That was it. They're brilliant. That was it. And Jim, I love video game conventions, Trinker, in the corner over there. I spent my Saturday with Brett. Didn't have to. You don't socialise with work people at weekends. That's an error. I know. Judgment. I know. Yeah. You got to see the real Bratters. I saw Burns on Saturday as well. That was fine. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Special guest. Brat was there as well. The mask comes off. Bratters is real. <laughs> That's when, you know. I spend, uh, sometimes I go out and spend, you know, Fridays with uh, Bratters, mm-hmm. you know, mm. after work. We go into uh, into Clapham Junction, where all the rest of the world's cunts are. And, uh, you know, we're among our own. And, uh, yeah, it's generally it's okay, but that's because the, the main place we go is so loud and obnoxious. A, <laughs> I'm fitting perfectly, and B, I just can't hear anything Brad is saying. Mm. I'm usually just laughing hysterically in his face anyway. This is good. So Thanks for that. He's talking about XCOM Long War and you're just in his face. A lot of, a lot of times he's talking Cackling. about... XCOM Long War is King of Dragon good. Pass. Is yep. that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Another fun I'm game. surprised I managed to pull that out of That's my brain. That's actually a thing. There. You didn't just make that up. Yeah, yeah just usually um, chatting it's away. It's a good thing as well. Just check it out. And then he finishes right. a sentence and he's like, I'm going to go back to the bar and get a flag and a veil for my friend Stephen Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm laughing and trying to climb out of a window. Yes, quite. All right, Steve, thank you for that. I, was, I appreciate it a lot. Don't worry, man. Now you're finally back here mm-hmm. amongst your friends on the podcast. What are these big games that you've been playing? What's the, what's the, the latest big video game? The latest one? Is that one that you can't talk about? Well, possibly? I mean, I... Mm. I've been playing uh, big budget space based hide and seek em up. I haven't heard of it. No, it goes by another name in uh, Europe. Is it a little indie thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's a, a tiny tiny budget game. Mm-hmm. You'd you'd never know it was coming out. All right. But uh it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. So, I mean, just keep your eye out on Friday. Force. Or maybe I'll say some something else about it. Maybe I'll write words down. Excellent. Yeah. I look forward to that. Okay, yeah. what, what's, what, what have you been playing that you can Destiny, talk about? Destiny, Forza. Yep. Yeah. At first, Forza was so boring, I actually fell asleep. Uh, Dave came into the game I've room. I've heard about this. And I was uh, adjusting um, tyre ratios or some shit, and I just fell asleep. Jesus. Uh, well. So this work you've been doing when you haven't been in the podcast, well, I was right? asleep yeah. for about, about that a bit more. <laughs> it was like... Um, it was like one of those micro-sleeps, you know? Like when truck drivers have been driving too long and then they fall asleep and smash into an orphanage or some shit. So, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone's working hard. Maybe they're just they're working too hard, you know? It was only micro because they walked in. It would have been macro had he not, yeah, like, three hours I, later. I've actually, that's the reason I've not been on the podcast. I've just woken up. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, thoughts turned out to be actually quite good. Mm. And Destiny... Um, well, I think we've said all we need to say yep. about Destiny. What turned it? What turned it around for uh, for Forza? Then what was the difference? Well, the opening two hours or so are just tutorials. It's like I know how to drive a car. Like not in reality, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but in the confines of video games, yeah, I've I know how, so many. Cars. I know how to do this. And uh, the game structure to begin with is quite mm, boring. 
It's like uh, you have to go on a road trip. So you have to drive to drive somewhere, to drive somewhere else, to drive the car you want to drive. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a load of bucks. But uh, no, then you get cool cars and better events. So it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yep. There you go. Eight out of ten. To be honest, when we, we streamed it, we um yeah, we did the start of the game pretty much. So I didn't get to see any of the, the cool stuff like when you race against planes and the like. Yeah, or... there's only five of those events, which is a bit of a <clears throat> Are they the highlights that, that Dave seemed to think they were? There's one where you race a train that's pretty good. The mm-hmm. thing the problem with the plane racing is that you never really see the planes. Mm. You know? A lot of the time they come like because I played the the first one, which is in the demo, mm. and a lot of the time the planes come from behind you. Yeah, exactly. They're not, you know, the, the end of that race where they're head to head. That's really good. That is lot, cool. You, unless you've got vibration function turn or you don't know they're coming and mm. you hear them at the very last second they go past. So the train one's good because you can always see it mm. like next to you as you're driving alongside the track, or whatever. So aren't planes just better than cars at that because they don't have to follow the roads? Surely they win. Every yeah, time. but they have to turn. Yeah, they do have a. There is a track that the plane is going on. It's not just flying well, around that's going. Unfair, is it? You know, it's like Red Bull Air Racing. Absolutely yeah. unfair. Yeah. Although while we're here talking about planes, you need to download uh, a certain app. I forgot what it's called. It's called like Flight Mapper or some shit like that. Right. Twenty four seven, and it it shows you the routes of every fucking flight in and out of every country in the world. That's and you can follow it like it tells you what the name of the vessel is, where it's going. It shows you like a little line, little vector, and how long it is till it's landing, how long it's been since it's took I, off. I get freaked out by that. And you can stuff. point it into the sky if you see a plane going overhead, you can, and it will tell you which one it is. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I only have to Shit. open up one of those interactive maps that shows you where people are tweeting around the world, and it just gives me the fear about how many people exist on this planet. Well, yeah, I'm there's, not sure I can cope with there's too many. Like, I mean, people are go, at the moment are going, ha, 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 you know, don't worry about all these warnings. I'm mm-hmm. going to have my kids anyway. <laughs> yep. There are like, massive overpopulation mm-hmm. it's happened it's over you know what I mean so now it's going to get you know it's going to be like a Stephen King novel I'm going to be fine with it so when you meant warnings I thought you meant safety to download the app or just general but not future progeny oh no it was an interview with a guy in a, a, like a, a big a big time scientist in the uh, Guardian mm. and he's talking about overpopulation he's like it's too late uh, well he said uh, something like my uh, one of my junior research assistants said uh, oh, I've just had a um, a child. Is there any? What should I teach him for the future? Oh, and the guy responded by saying, "How to use a gun." <laughs> Jeez. And that is why there's going to be no Steve Burns too. <laughs> We're just going to keep it as like one. You know, they mm-hmm. they shouldn't have been a Chinatown two. You know, the two Jakes didn't need that. It was mm. rubbish. They shouldn't have been a Highlander two. Yeah. You know, occasionally there are really good sequels, but to be fair, you shouldn't. You shouldn't really call your kid Steve Burns two. But people do do that, they yeah. don't know. Yeah, they do, but it's wrong. Nah, nah. I mean, George Foreman is the exception that proves the rule, I think. They're all called George, though, aren't they? Yeah, even the girls. Yeah. Like, variations of George. That's fine. Girls can be called George. Yeah. No, no, it's vari- isn't it variation? Like, Georgia, Georgina, isn't that what he's done? No, I think they're all just called George. Oh, they are George. <laughs> it's like um, the UFC fighter, um, Rampage Jackson. Mm. I think his kid's actually called Rampage. But his uh, but his daughter is called Paige. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. What what about video game? Were we talking Burns, about video games? I'm yeah, glad we you're back yeah, on the podcast. This is the kind of stuff world. we've been missing. Just the the most random facts that, that a, a podcast could hope for. Don't worry about it. Appreciate it. It's not a random fact that the world's going to end. No, but it's a random fact that Rampage Jackson uh, named his daughter this Paige. This is true. So there you are, mm. Jim Trinker. What? 
You've been quiet again. <laughs> I need you to talk about some video games, man. What video games? I've been playing, You've been playing Shadow a... Mordor and uh, that new Sherlock one. Fuck Crimes Sherlock. We want to hear about Sherlock. No, yeah. We'll get to both. Shadow Mordor first, I reckon. Because Shadow Mordor? Yeah. Jim single-handedly persuaded sounds, me to buy it. Sounds hella cool. It's good. It's really good. Mm. It's like it's like an open world game that actually uses the open world to make a game as opposed to an open world where you're just collecting pieces of plot like some sort of narrative eating Pac-Man. <laughs> um, most open world games don't give a shit about the open world. You're literally just collecting snippets of script but yeah. Mordor, the open world, is an actual thing that, that is the meat of the game. Um, and uh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. All the best moments in it are, are totally emergent. Um, there is there is a scripted story, but it's uh, it's by the by. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good to be honest. The, the stuff we showed off in that uh, we did like a thirty minute uh, video where you yeah. showed off some cool stuff. Is that is that a fair representation of that game, or did you I did, think so. did, did like well, I you mean, finished playing that and suddenly something ridiculous happened? And well, I mean, we we didn't we, we only really scratched the surface, mm. but um, yeah, I'd say it was a fair representation of it. Yeah. Um, there's something that happens like about the midpoint in the game where well well it's not really a spoiler the game expands into a totally new area right which is a little bit bigger is than it's the still first part one of Mordor? yeah yeah and you're not expecting that um cuz I am now I well, yeah no, no. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it anyway um cuz like the, the world that you're given is is quite big and certainly enough to carry a massive game and you're like right this is cracking then it totally expands into this new area and you get given a new ability which completely changes the kind of tenor of what you're doing so it goes from it goes from taking out captains to recruiting your orc army and i'll stop there um but yeah it's amazing how the the the, the game kind of does this total gear change halfway through and it's just fucking brilliant so there's a massive map right there and it, it's all based on mordor but mm-hmm. i like i'm thinking to the lord of the rings stuff in particular i don't really know very much about mordor at all like how what do they base that on because they're like in the films they're in there for they're, like they've probably five and looked and a half at some maps and well, it's probably, probably quite volcanic. I, th- I think they take a lot of shite from the uh, from the Silmarillion, but the, the whole Lord of the Rings license is just neither here nor there. Because mm. um, it, it is a game about cutting heads off um, more than it is about Lord of the Rings. But they're orc heads, so yeah. there you are. That's, I mean, the, that's your link. It, it, in some ways, it, it totally shits on the license because um, <laughs> you've got like Gollum. Gollum's in the game, right? Um, there's no reason for Gollum to be in the game whatsoever. Uh, he's literally just there so they can have a character there from the films. Mm. Cause there's, there's and no, put him in the trailers, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, Go- Gollum turns up in this, because um, this is meant to be like a really southern region of Mordor that's never been on film or anything. And it's uh, it's like a, a, a sort of a greener area of Mordor um, where... Uh, Sauron feeds and trains his armies, right? And that, that's, that's the gist of it. I don't know if it's based on anything that's been in the, in the appendices or in, in uh, previous books or anything, but that's, that's the gist. So Gollum turns up in this area because your character has been possessed by the wraith of Celebrimbor, the ancient elven I lo- king. I, I love that name so much. It is, it's a lovely Celebrimbor. name, isn't it? The ancient elven king who forged the rings of power 
for Sauron, who was disguised as a good elf at the time, <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> Stay with me. Uh, and then Sauron, as we all know, forged the One Ring of Power oh, to control them all. And, I can and, already see the, the mad happened. comments that that's caused. It's, uh, <laughs> I got elf! I got elf! <laughs> what? So I'll have you know, Jim, that he wasn't a plainly good elf, and it's a wrong species. <laughs> ah! So, so, the, so you're possessed by the spirit of the man who made... The Rings of Power. I thought he was an elf. Right? Don't you do that. <laughs> Sorry, on, carry on, carry on. This is really unfair. Or elf, or whatever. There you are. Right? And uh, the idea is that this is set between Ho- The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And Gollum has travelled there to find the Ringmaker because he thinks that the Ringmaker uh, has the ring on him that he's lost right. or is able to... I don't know. It's all very weird because it, it's never really explained how how Gollum knows where the ring is. But that my feeling from from reading and watching the Lord of the Rings wasn't that he. It was that kind of. I, I felt like he had a link to the ring that he kind of just followed. And well, yeah, that's the thing. Like he innately knows where the yeah, ring is. Not that he's he, constantly calling to him. That feels way too practical to go and try and find the, the idea that he's pissed off. Like he, he's he's travelled like fifteen hundred miles, and bear in mind he's just a little skinny bloke. Mm. Like he's not got a car or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's fucked off. Like to an, to what it's an like it, it's like you know it's like me walking to fucking Shetland in search of a pie. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's sort of, they've crowbarred Gollum in and mm. it makes absolutely no sense. Kind of sounds but, a little bit like in the, uh, the Hobbit trilogy when Legolas turns up just so they can have Legolas in the trailers. And it's like, you, know, you remember this guy from Lord of the Rings? You like Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah. Come and watch this. It's got, it's got Legolas in, he fires some arrows at people. This seems like the equivalent of that. Yeah, and they obviously went to so much trouble to include like one of the shittest characters as well. Oh, Gollum's great. What? Gollum's great. No, I'm talking about Legolas. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Fuck Legolas. I like Gollum. Mm. I mean, Gollum's great in it, as he's great in everything. Yeah. But it's just no reason for him to be there whatsoever, and it makes no sense for him to be there. I, um, I kind of get the sense that like attaching itself to the Middle Earth franchise wasn't what makes this game great. Um, I it, to- it, it, is, it isn't at all. I mean, it, it provides the lore that gives you the mm. the sort of contextual excuse to go away and chop people's heads off yep. and stuff. Sure. But it's fucking brilliant. It's really good. Mm. It's like basically a cross between uh, pro- cross between Assassin's Creed and, Ar- and Arkham, really. Um, and there's uh, there's a little bit of Red Dead thrown in. Um, yeah, it's got all these brilliant elements from all these very different games and uh, somehow manages to be a lot more than the sum of its parts. And uh, it's it's probably this year's biggest surprise because i think any everybody had written it off because of the license yeah strangely mm. enough and i think i think when they initially demoed that nemesis system kind of how we were talking about lords of the fallen last week actually it, it's it's so difficult to appreciate that until it's your it's a diff- own yeah, thing it's a until, difficult thing to explain yeah i mean uh, miller had no idea yeah. did he uh, e3 he was he, he, was, he, was, just, he was outraged he was like, idea, none of it. this makes any sense and i presume in when it's uh you know, when it's in that short of time frame. Mm. Yeah. He was like, I think Miller described it as, I was walking around and I chopped a man's head off and then another man came out and it was like WWE and he started having a go at me. So I killed him and then another guy came out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it like a Royal Rumble. Yeah, he, but, d- he didn't understand why everyone had an intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I suppose 
as you progress through the game and onto different battlefields, people coming out mm-hmm. makes perfect sense if you fought them before. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the Nemesis stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they remember how you killed them, or they remember how they killed you. The last and they time. change visually as a result of that. They I saw do someone visually, describe yeah. it as Shadow of Mordor, the game in which you stab someone in the face so many times they have to put a bag over their head or something like that. That, that is that is literally <laughs> true. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, which is, like I, I killed one captain by setting him on fire. Um, he survived and came back, and you don't know whether or not they survived. Like they might just turn up in battle. So you get I get got get into a fight with another captain. This other guy that I've already killed turns up. And he's like, "I survived. You burnt my face, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna kill you." And uh, yeah. And he's got, he's got all the burn marks on his face and he's really fucked off about it. And he's like, you know. It's not taking it very well. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, look, they won't even let me into the fucking co-op now. I've got this bag of mad. Which I, you can totally see if you watch someone else's game where that happens, you'd be like, this is just getting in the way of what I was doing. But for but you, totally, that, that, totally that's a, a link back to... to... For you, that's like part of the, the, I guess, the story that you as a player are are kind of creating because you're mm. you're i mean it's one of the only games where that whole that whole you know the common marketing spiel of like we, we want players to create their own stories and it's usually just bollocks but in this it's actually actually sort of really does happen albeit all the stories are about how you killed <laughs> yeah <people. laughs> but but the ways in which you did that might be but different. exactly yeah. yeah but there is there is some uh, there is some personalization to it yeah. and it, like the, the, I mean, the first time that somebody comes back fucked off because of the way you killed them last time. And it wasn't a scripted thing how I'd killed them. It was just, you know, using the environment, using all the, all the sort of environmental and, and emergent stuff that's there um, at your disposal and, and, and yet having them be really specific about the way in which they were dispatched. That's really cool. And mm. it's all, obviously, it's all smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of... Uh, really easy probably really basic stuff that they're doing to achieve that kind of illusion but it fucking works and it's Mm. so good but yeah the killing system does make the assassin that you play sound like the Jacques Clouseau of killers though and it sounds like you know a bit of the start of Austin Powers where Dr. Evil kills Will Ferrell (laughs) and he just keeps pressing the the, the flamethrower a bit and he just you hear Will Ferrell at the bottom and he sends the assassins in and you hear the bullets go off he's like do 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 and you see Will Ferrell just go you shot me. And they're just like, <laughs> when will these fuckers die? And you said you have no way of knowing when the heads come off as well. Like you, you, I like, I, you can't really control uh, whether or not your character decapitates them as right, well. Yeah. And I think, I think that's like a design decision because otherwise you just do it otherwise all the time. Otherwise you would just decapitate yeah. them all yeah. the time. That's horror movie rules. Unless the head comes off, mm. he's coming back. I, yeah. I asked Jim when we, yeah. when we were playing it to stop and make sure he lopped the head off this mm. awkward just killed. And he's like, I can't, I can't do that. But you know this. You know he might come back. Yeah, yeah. just get rid of his. Yeah, that that would usually annoy me. But if it ties into a bigger system, yeah, I think mm. I'm alright with it. In yeah. um, upcoming space-based hide and seek game, mm-hmm. there are moments where it has such incredible atmosphere, but it breaks its own kind of rules of the universe. Where at one point I killed someone, and then I went to pick up their gun, and when I they dropped their gun, and it didn't disappear or anything. And I was like, I'll take that gun. I picked up the went it hit search on the body. It went six revolver bullets. Like, but I couldn't pick up the gun. And I was like, yeah. oh. So I had to wait until the game went. Here's your gun now, Steve. I was like, oh yeah. What the fuck? 
he's going on. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, ju- I shoot NPCs anyway in all video games once they're once I've killed them, even if I know they're not coming back. Just, just, just to make sure. Just, just to make sure. Resident Evil rules, isn't it? Wait until so, the blood comes out from exactly. the body, exactly, or burn them, burn them all. Mm. All right. I th- when you said I kill all NPCs in video games, I, was, I thought you meant you wasn't going to clarify that they were bad guys. It's like Grand Theft Auto old lady walking down the street, pop her as well. Uh, fuck them all. Like in Grand Theft Auto, I just play as you know myself. Are you one of those guys that played um, Fallout Three as just a psychopath? <laughs> At, leave every town. <clears throat> I would have played more of Fallout Three, but I did. I I couldn't get on with it because of the stupid fucking. Well, I didn't like it. The VAT system. Yeah. It was like, you know, I get it. It's like dice rolling. Mm-hmm. I just want to shoot someone in the head. Mm. Like, I figure that, you know, if I've survived this long in the fucking wasteland, I'm probably now to fire a gun. Some, some dice rolling combat. I totally agree. I mean, I love Fallout 3. I don't think it's. There's, yeah, there's, there's some dice rolling stuff, like Wasteland 2, for example. I complained about it in the mm. review that the dice rolls just make no fucking sense whatsoever and just end up completely ruining combat for you it's like there should not be any situation i mean realistically i know i know it's an rpg system but realistically if you're standing next to somebody and you point a shotgun at their fucking face (laughs) and it goes off and they're completely unscathed that's that's not yeah in any way realistic that's what i never really got i mean fallout 3 i think one of the other things I i loved the kind of setting but I hated the fact I had to play on 360. And uh, because, you know, in the early days it was quite buggy and performance wise it wasn't amazing. And then. Oh, God, you played it before the, the big patch. And I'm so. New Vegas, though. And, and so after that came New Vegas. And I was more interested in New Vegas' mm. setting and the guys who were making it. Uh, and I kind of. Um, I actually remember it coming in, but it was deadline. And I think it actually came on a Friday and I had to go somewhere. Anyway, my housemate was playing it. And I came back after the weekend. I was like, I watched him play it for about an hour, and all the game seemed to be was walk five steps, loading screen, that little fucking roulette wheel that you see. <laughs> I, saw, I was sat behind him for about two hours, and I was like, Chris, I think I saw more of that fucking roulette nonsense than you shooting someone or looting or anything. And he went, Yeah, well. Yeah, I, uh, was, right. was that in the, like, that might have been in New Vegas itself because you're constantly going between buildings? Oh, and... it was just, yeah, it was on the strip. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know what, fuck this fucking noise. Like, if I can't walk into a building without a loading screen, imagine that happened in reality, you know? Yeah. Imagine that. It'd be fucking bollocks, no one would go That's to work. That's one thing that, like, Bethesda games in general need to sort out for the next one because, like, Skyrim comes out and it's meant to be on this fucking amazing new engine which everyone knows is basically Gamebryo but nobody wants to say anything because it'll hurt their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Like and you still like you see an NPC go into a building and you hear a door noise and they just fade out of the fucking world mm. and you're like for for a series that's so rooted in in like verisimilitude and and realism and you can pick up every object and, and it's supposed to be like this sort of like macro and micro simulation mm. of an entire continent. And you're like, and I, but as soon as somebody goes through a fucking door, the entire illusion shattered. Like, guys, you need, to, you need to do something to sort that. Just have them open a door and then disappear into the yeah, door. like <laughs> disappearing <laughs> into doors is like Mega Drive shit. Yeah. That's like Moonwalker. Like the door yeah? doesn't even fucking open. It's just like they, they they touch the door, you hear the door opening, and the door doesn't open. Same creep noise every time. Away. And it's like it just makes you starts making you think that this isn't actually 
it, like this isn't actually supposed to be some kind of living world. This is like the the, the this is Skyrim of the Damned. This <laughs> <laughs> fucking purgatory. Like everyone's walking around going, you remember the last time you actually opened the door? No, it doesn't not bother you. No, we've never thought about it. <laughs> I've been playing some Civilization Beyond Earth uh, preview build. The game comes out the end of this month, 24th. 25th, something like yeah, yeah. That, that week. Well, that game, that game is a scary one to try and preview just because it's so... Yeah. I think I the, the preview it's build is it's like... like as, as, I mean, as brilliant as it genuinely does look, I'm mm. watching playing some of it. It's like, it's really, it looks really impenetrable. Yeah, like, that, I mean, I've not played a Civ game since since the Amiga. To that, be honest, that'll be your issue. If you played Civ Five, it's really not. Yeah. It, mm. And in fact, that it's just, it looks like a hexagon spreadsheet. It's kind of what it is, yeah. really. Um, so. Yeah, but that, that that makes it sound really boring. My one of my favorite strategy games ever, the Crusader Kings series, is just a giant spreadsheet, and it's fucking brilliant as a result. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Beyond Earth plays in the early game, and I think quite a few people pointed this out in the the kind of introduction video we did, plays an awful lot like Civ Five in space. Like the, obviously, um, like the, the theme reflects the fact that you're on an alien planet. All the resources have been changed to be like, instead of you know, crops, it's alien goo, you know, that kind of stuff. And that, that, um, visually, it looks very differently. But the start of that game, you, 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 you're making almost exactly the same decisions. Do you start on Earth? No. No. You're actually, I know the title would seem to, you know, well, suggest that not, but I would have, I would have liked to have seen like almost the end of a um, of a tech Civ Five run you, to you, get you to create space. your spacecraft and, and yeah, you, like actually, it's worth pointing out when you do set up the game, there is it does show some differences here. You get to mm. um, kind of kit out your expedition, yeah. so you pick your your sponsor, which is pretty much your your civilization, uh, the people that are funding your trip. You kind of you pick the kind of speciality of your colonists. Um, some extra cargo that you take with you, and what kind of spacecraft you're traveling on as well, and it overrides like different a different start to the game depending on that. So there okay. is a feeling that you have come from somewhere else and you brought things okay. with you, which All is right. important. But um, yeah, you then get to this alien planet, and the you're making it's running on the the Civ Five engine, and it feels like that, except for the fact that I think one of the most important things about this game, and it's pretty much what I focused on in that video, is um, the way that the aliens on the planet work compared to the barbarians in Civ Five. So in Civ Five, when you met barbarians, they'd be near your starting locations and they'd be freaking annoying because mm. you're trying to expand and they get in your way and you pretty much need to clear out their their outposts mm. and mm-hmm. their units to be able to do that. You get some rewards for doing it. it but they are just speed bumps, pretty mm. much. That, that's all you really ever see them as. The aliens on this, on this new planet beyond Earth... Um, Act like a big giant faction, a big hive mind mm. creature that um, you, you're kind of interacting with, and so it does some really cool stuff in the fact that when you, if if you as the player start being really aggressive towards the aliens nearby, clearing out so you can expand, treating them exactly like you would the barbarians in Civ Five, the aliens on the entire planet start to react to humans differently, and not just you. So if you clear out a bunch of alien nests, kill loads of um, the nearby creatures they'll start being more hostile to everyone, even the people that are going after this kind of uh, harmony route, yeah. which is... Um, it's like fusing try, with the planet. Trying to embrace the, yeah. the alien uh, life forms mm. and work with them rather than against them. And it, it's a kind of... It's an interesting way of thinking about them. And like that, that's what actually separates the early game mm. completely, is the fact that 
you think more about the alien life forms than you do about trying to take out or um, work against or with the the other nations, at least for, to start with, mm. because you land there and immediately you're under threat, yeah. possibly. But the difference is in like Civ Five is that you would go and you'd find the barbarians, whereas now in it, within 10, 15 turns, the aliens will come to you, mm-hmm. and that's why I wanted to very like because I, I played uh, Beyond Earth uh, back in May at mm-hmm. an event and. One of the things that one of the very early things that you can build around your uh, cities that you build is a protective barrier to stop them from coming in. Because if you don't, there's these two different types of aliens. There's like these storms guys who will swarm you. They're like oh, well, I think guard there's dogs. Two. There's like... Yeah, yeah. But like the two of the main ones are like the ones where they come from underground. They can pop up anywhere. They can pop within your city, or they can pop just on the perimeter. And if you don't get that border set up, then they can become a real problem as well. Yeah, are you like, talking about siege worms is that siege right? worms? Yeah, that's they, the one, sorry. they are horrendous so yeah, like, yeah. If, if you've upset the aliens or if someone's upset the aliens they can it, like they can just walk straight into yeah. your uh, starting city and you mm. can't really do much about it unless you've uh, thought about some defences mm. well in advance which yeah it's weird to think that you're you're fighting against the aliens and worrying more about them mm. than what the other nations are doing at the yeah. start um, but the way you do that does feel really similar to Civ 5 I think mm. uh, I mean the, the build that I've been playing is longer than one I think you did 100 turns, right? Yeah, I think mine was like 50, I think. Oh, actually. 50, yeah, so less, that is yeah. just real early game stuff. Well, yeah. As you move on, it starts to separate itself, and mm. you like the, there's various win states, as every sub game has, and these ones are separated somewhat by the, the affinity that your nation picks. Mm. And you can go with uh, Purity, which is um, the Earth racists, mm-hmm. and they want to make this alien planet like Earth, and they want to get rid of all the, the kind of... Like they want the vegetation to be the same. They don't want aliens because there aren't aliens on Earth. They mm. want they want it to look like I don't know Newcastle or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's Scum. that's pretty much how the, the, their their entire game plan will move towards that. You've got supremacy, which they I, go around painting Union Jacks and all the cactuses. And exactly, mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. You, you'd hate it, man. You'd yeah. absolutely hate it. And um, <laughs> supremacy, they just don't give a shit about any of that. They want to try and use whatever they can um, from alien tech or or back home to try mm. and make sure they're the dominant yeah. uh, nation. Why you wouldn't always go with that kind of approach, I don't know. Military option, always in Civ. And when you get the giant stompy robot, it's just like, see. Game over. Yeah. Or the XCOM soldiers, man. You can get XCOM soldiers in Civ Five. Uh, and uh, the, finally, you can go with uh, Harmony, which I mentioned yeah. before, which is just the hippies. They, mm. they, wanna, they want the alien world, they want to accept it and, and work with it. Well, and that's all that stuff. The thing is, though, is with the win states now, is that they've changed it. It's not just like, a, B, and C, they sort of combine ways as well because when I spoke to the guys, they said that within those wind states, you can create a portal that can take you back to Earth and within that, like you say, within the supremacy or the harmony ones, you can either go back to Earth and... Because like, once you evolve your tech... Yeah, it's on, like you, you go back and, and teach them the, the ways yeah. of, that you've learned. And it's or like, you can bring them to the new planet and then save them, bring a lot of people back to the new planet or you go back to Earth and become rulers of Earth. They're, yeah. they're like within those states, and those those, those aren't the free win states. Those are free different types. Yeah, they're different types from of... going after the portal tech. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's where it starts to feel differently. And visually, it looks mm. a lot differently when you've when you've picked an affinity. But yeah. I, I'm surprised how, like, reading the comments on on that video we did, people weren't that impressed with the with how similar it was to Civ Five, which mm. is um... see, I really enjoyed it when I played it. Like again, I played it radio, but the problem was, like Jim, I'd never played a Civ game before. And then when I knew I was going on this trip to play it, I thought, oh, well, that's not good. I went out and I bought Civ Five, and I think that was why it it might have I might have enjoyed it yeah, a lot you more. You hadn't spent was, like 200 hours with Civ yeah, Five. Yeah, I managed to get like 50, 60 hours into Civ Five before I went, and mm. then 
you know, it, it was like, a, like you say, it's a natural step up from Civ Five. So you you easily fit into the system, so that might have been the reason. Yeah, um, but I, I like playing it a yeah. lot. But I, I definitely see those complaints, and mm. I. I, I, I've only like um, I haven't even played a game through to completion yet. I, I'm mm. not sure um, whether or not that's going to be possible in this in this build I've got, yeah, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it seem it does seem weird that 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 you've got to wait until the late game until it start really starts to feel like it's always new. the way, isn't it? Yeah, you always sort of setting you're just building foundations. Well, it, but, but like this didn't happen with Civ Four to Civ Five because Five had this completely new approach to, mm. and and looks and feels like a very different game immediately, mm. whereas Beyond Earth. Feels like an expansion from that, right? Um, yeah, and yeah, that's perhaps a bit disappointing, mm. but it's still pretty cool, man. Yeah, like playing like playing Civ in space. Mm. I was completely around. overwhelmed by the even like the tech tree as well. Like, it's not a tech tree anymore; it's a tech web. map web. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! Yeah, that, that I, I kept I kept just he um, kept opening that text, you know, because it kind of whooshes in and makes a noise. Mm. He kept doing it. <laughs> Going, look at this, Jim. Brown, <laughs> busy. It is way more intimidating <laughs> yeah. to look at than actually use, though. Like, yeah. it's, it's all right once you think about it, but the yeah, just when you zoom in and out and you see just all those different things that you can research towards, um, it's interesting. That you can't trade tech in that game as well. You, mm. you kind of you are limited to a certain kind of playstyle. You can't just be one of those guys that approaches every nation. Yeah, like, I never did that yeah, anyway. Have some of this physics and give me Have some earring. of this physics? Re- yeah, that's, you, have, you have to research <laughs> physics really early on when you, um, when you begin on Beyond Earth, which is... Stay here. Which is so, so, wait a minute, interstellar travel yeah, I know. and colonisation requires you to understand the basic laws of physics. But I imagine that, oh. uh, that what that represents is the fact that gravity, pretty big part of physics, that will work like, differently... Um, on this new setup, and that changes how all those systems work. Yeah, they'd already that know like that physics via fucking Danny Dyer. <laughs> Have some of this physics, <laughs> you fucking slave. Thermodynamics, <laughs> bleeding Nora. Exactly. That's, that's how I play. <laughs> what has Danny Dyer? Yeah, yeah. right. That's, mock that, it up. You know, like when you go and speak to someone, that's how he yeah. turns up. Like he just bowls in. So you yeah. what? My, my the character that represents my nation is actually Danny Dyer. Actually, Brassers, can you go into the um, config files and replace uh, all of the advisor speech with Danny Dyer quotes? I'd like you to do that by the end of the week, please. That'd I be can't great. believe it's been nine years since them slags. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, brilliant. Anyone playing playing anything else? Brett, what have you been up to? Um, one game I can't talk about. And well, so that's not very useful, useful, is it? Which is uh, I, this is a podcast about talking about things. Well, it's either that or boring FIFA stuff. It's not embargoed. It? it just makes them feel very emotional. Yeah, can't quite bring myself. Danny Dyer simulator gets very emotional. <laughs> but yeah, all FIFA stuff, and you know, I think FIFA's pretty boring to talk about, really, isn't it? Because it's I've just kickball. talked about like strategy games. Yeah, that's true. But people oh, like strategy right. games. Can I we, like strategy like games. Can we I, pitch each... a game to Danny Dyer? Can we make that the project for the next Absolute podcast? Absolutely. Revenge yeah. thriller. We call it. <laughs> we can pitch a sci-fi game to Danny Dyer and just call it Time Slags. <laughs> <laughs> Is that... Danny Dyer goes to the pub. Yeah. Uh, he Someone buys him a drink. And it's a new drink. They, you know, and everyone's like, oh, this will put, put you on your ass, mate. He's like, nah, you fucking what, mate? And he drinks it. And he goes to the toilet. And he pisses into the urinal, and it has a reaction that forces him into a different part of space and time. And it's like <laughs> it's like Quantum Leap called Dundee. <laughs> but he has to try and get back. 
is, but it's is exactly the, the to... plot of the bottom live stand-up tour, the fourth or fifth one. Yeah, it's exactly that plot. So we just put Danny Dyer on the yep. on bottom live. Exactly. Wow. He just turns up and he realizes that no matter where he goes, he still talks differently from everyone as yes, well. Exactly. So yeah, time slacks. That that must be like the worst thing about being Danny Dyer is the moment where you realize that no matter where you go and what you do, you're still Danny Dyer. <laughs> Danny Dyer's daughter is also called Danny. Did you know that? Man, we are getting <laughs> rip. all sorts of. Uh, I actually quite like Danny bags. Dyer. I don't. I don't hate him like a lot of people do. I actually think his best work was in the. Um, in the. Why, why do people hate him? I just because he's a fucking geezer, isn't he? Yeah, but that's, that's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a lovable geezer. Yeah, and all of his movies, like, well, most of his movies are fucking dross. Yeah, do you know, like, but if you, I mean, he was in one called Outlaw with Sean Bean and it's it's one of the worst films I've ever seen however the director commentary commentary is one of the all time great directors it's one of the all time great (laughs) statements is it people look back on us no it's him and Nick Love the director who did the football factory and um, (laughs) who was it it was Nick who said we won't be appreciated in our time yeah he said when um, when the godfather he said when Taxi (laughs) Driver came out that got fucking cunted as well didn't it (laughs) and then he said oh I think it was Mark Kermode who described them as when they were when they were talking on this. They seemed to be in a statement, sorry, in a in a state of advanced refreshment, which I thought was the best euphemism for them being tanked up. I've ever heard. But yeah, he can, he's, um, compares it to the Godfather, outlaw. Compares oh, wow. it to the Godfather, yeah. a taxi driver. There are a few funny lines in there, but it's oh, just. There's actually a YouTube video that cuts up all the best bits from oh, the yeah, commentary yeah. and puts it together, so you need to Outlaw find Outlaw commentary into YouTube, 10 solid minutes Stop of listening gold. to this podcast Yeah, right just now. get yeah. on there. Maybe we should cut in some of the statements from <laughs> it. So listen, the bottom line is this film got a fucking hostile reception when it came out. A lot of people, a lot of the press didn't like it and that. They thought it was fucking too violent. They thought it was glorifying violence. They thought, you know, the maddest thing is they thought it was about a fucking country that doesn't exist. They're saying that, well, you know, the, the, the press were saying, oh, how can you fucking say that about this film? You know, how, how can you say we live in a lawless country and there's nonsense running around, and there's people running around stabbing each other? And say, what fucking papers are you reading, you dozy cunts? No, star, I've, never, I've never seen no stars before. The fucking broadsheet cunts. Honestly, once you start, really? you just can't. Fuck. It's incredible. <laughs> Okay. One of my favourite pastimes is using the Shaggers Twitter account <laughs> to congratulate Danny O'Dwyer on moments from Danny Dyer's career. <laughs> yeah. And Danny O'Dwyer favourited one once. The brat was very upset about it. I, when I tweeted Danny O'Dwyer saying, mate, you was well good in Bolstal, boy. Uh, I, favorite. So I met, I met a bunch of uh, Jim's friends from Scotland uh, this weekend. So did I. And at one and point... What? At one point during the weekend, I was on someone's shoulders whilst the the rest of the group were chanting shaggers. Mm-hmm. Entirely my doing. It was this I, is brilliant. It was, yeah, that's bad. You, it, I, I feel like you'd had you'd you'd you'd, you'd met up with them beforehand, and I had not orchestrated that. Because the, the they, amount they of, just picked up on that. Oh, it, was it was great. It was great. He was on somebody's shoulders, and all these Scottish people in a circle. I'd only just going, met shaggers, shaggers. <laughs> Show us your dick, etc. Brat was fucking terrified, but then he also felt like a king. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, it just became his name for the night because, like, I had like my mates were coming up to me and going, "Fucking introduce me to Shaggers." Like, Where's that Shaggers boy? There's a wee cunt. One. Um, That's why I had to get out. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, knew, I knew where it would go. I feel like that night, you know, like when in the Harry Enfield sketch where he turns a teenager, I feel like Brad would gradually morph into his own ego, like into his own alter ego and become mm, and, the Shaggers. And, the more he gets told, referred to as Shaggers, oh, that, he becomes... That, that, start, that started happening. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, it has. Absolutely. Yeah. I suggest that. That is unbelievable. It absolutely. Has. Going into the tube station. You, this, I you can only tell you this didn't happen. Way, way, Shaggers. Yeah. Like, I, Chris, just... <laughs> I've never, ever done that. He starts asking people to refer to him. At, he starts introducing himself as Shaggers. At the Shag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My name is Chris, oh, but you can call me at the Shaggers. All right, so that was our chat about Afifa, the, uh, yeah. the hit yeah. football game in which you <laughs> play football. You with fucking what, mate? You fucking what? Uh, talk, talking about like Cockney comedy Cockney accents. I've been playing a lot of that Charlotte Holmes game that just came out. Oh shit, yeah. I, I shut you down for that. Crimes and punishments. Yeah, I'm bringing Show it back in because I want to talk about it. Absolutely. It's it. bloody good. It really is. Um, and I think you've you've played... Uh, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. I like Jack the Ripper. I do. Um, I feel like there's a select few people that understand that these games are good and then everyone else is like, nah, come on. It's, 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 a, it's nah. because they're so low budget. Mm. But what but they're what they do with the, the sort of the obvious little resources they have is really admirable. And every game that comes out they get better, you know? Um Admirable. I don't want a game that's admirable. I want a game that's good <laughs> and fun to play. It is, well they are good and fun okay, to play. Good. Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper is actually really good. Um but it suffers from the same problem that all the Sherlock Holmes games and arguably all long adventure games do. Where by the midpoint, you don't actually remember what you're doing or why you're doing it. So you're just sort of completing objectives and piecing clues together in a sort of haze Mm. until sort of an hour toward the end where you sort of remember, oh shit, this is actually... Because there's entire sections of Jack the Ripper and the one that came out after it. I think it was called... The Testament? The Testament of Sherlock Holmes, I say. There's entire sections of those games where you just go off on these tangents because, you know, you need to find out this, but before you can find that out, you need to do task, task X for cunt Y. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, that, and, and then it just branches and branches. And it's like, I think I described it in the review as like an impenetrable fractal sprawl of, you know, just keeps zooming in and zooming in and you just don't know where you started. This totally avoids that because instead of one long story it's six separate like little episodes if you like six separate stories kind of thematically linked but they're not sort of plot linked um and uh, it's it's more like a box set than a film so it's like you, you know the first the first case takes you like an hour and a half second one takes you two hours so you're constantly getting that satisfaction of solving the case. You don't know if you have solved solved it properly, but you do reach a conclusion every few hours. Oh, shit, and then you can get it wrong. Or you can get it wrong. It's kind of like how The Wolf Among Us um, did that pretty well, I thought. Like yeah. You could, um, at the end of the episodes, you would have made choices. Yeah. And because it's a detective game, you could, you're never really sure if you've, you've made the right ones. You think you've yeah. got a suspect mm. lined up, but... Yeah, it's, just, it's the same here, yeah. and it's really like... Because the um, you go around collecting clues, and then you can you you basically populate your deduction space with with facts. I beg your pardon. So your deduction space is a representation of Sherlock's mind, like which is like individual neurons with pieces of information associated with them. It's really cool. Um, and in previous games had this kind of, but it was like a clipboard with like, like you know, 18th century post-its and it's not anywhere near <laughs> <That's> as <true. laughs> You can't refer to that as a deduction space. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Um, 
But like, you, you know, you put two pieces of information together um, and it's like, I don't know, I'm going to have to make some up because I can't remember, but it's like, walks with a limp, owns a cane, put those together and the deduction you can make is, guy's legs fucked, you know, that kind of thing. Obviously a bit more complicated. But that's <laughs> she looks a just, fucking genius. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then the more of these you put together, you, you, um, eventually you get, the cho- you get the chance to come to a conclusion which then allows you to finger a suspect. Every time I say that, I burst out laughing. <laughs> I was actually going to remove that because I knew that someone in the comments would be like, Bleh. but then I thought, that's that me. Person yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that in. But it um, gives you a chance to, to, to finger someone and... Uh, <laughs> 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 that was worse, man. Finger a suspect. Finger turn, a suspect. Oh, turn into the shaggers. <laughs> Um, it gives you a chance to imply somebody did a crime and, uh, and then decide, decide their fate. And when you decide their fate, you don't just say, you can't just, you can just go, right, fucking bang him up. I've got a bank of rights. <laughs> don't you start. Or if you want another variation, bang him in a cell. Um, <laughs> uh, or you can absolve them and you can meet, you, you meet up with them in Baker Street. And you're like, hey, come here. Look, I know you killed the cunt. But you seem alright. But, but he was a dickhead. So. But do you want to go around behind the sheds and the. <laughs> Listen. So you can let him off? You can. You a- can be like. Look, amazing. Best game. You killed game him. Year. You killed him. He was an arsehole. So on your way. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so you know that you get to make that moral choice, and uh, which, which kind of deviates from the whole Sherlock thing in a way, I guess. Um. Because, I mean, Sherlock did have a really sort of, I mean, whether or not you agreed with it, Sherlock Holmes has always had a pretty sort of, uh, I don't know, firm moral compass. I mean, he can, he can, he does absolve people and he does, you know, send people down, but um, there's never any wavering. Like, you know, Sherlock mm. Holmes has already decided who's guilty and who isn't like, when the case starts. Isn't time. he, uh, I'm not really big on the uh, Sherlock Holmes thing, but uh, apart from the games and what I've seen of the movies yeah. and TV shows, but isn't he on the gack all the time? Opium. Did I make that up? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I know he's a genius, but... When you were describing the game as, like, you felt like you were in a haze a lot of the time, or at least yeah. the earlier games, and then you finally come up with a conclusion and it sort of makes sense I feel like that's, that, that works that's just Sherlock that's just Sherlock yeah, well, yeah. in the new ones what's he addicted to if he is at all uh, well, he's got painkillers or some shit opium basically mm. he's, uh. he's got a weakness for opium mm. um, calms him down yeah you saying um, about no. he, he did, he, and he's a heavy smoker as well he describes certain um, cases as uh, you know certain things he has to think about as a three pipe problem and he has to spend <laughs> 12 hours um but yeah, I mean, no, I mean, the, the, the great open secret about Sherlock Holmes is that he was a, a massive fucking cokehead, essentially, mm. but the 18th century equivalent, which, yeah. is, which is great. Um, they've not addressed that in the new one, really. No? They had him hiding out in a drug den, but they didn't show him just getting fucking wasted. And drug den that he owned. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the weird thing about it is that just having this havering choice between like, absolve guilty or not guilty you know, it, it, that sort of deviates from Sherlock um, but of course the difference is that this is interactive so you are actually playing the part of Sherlock mm. so, so yeah that you do make that choice whether the player has Sherlock or players you yeah, playing Sherlock exactly. evil Sherlock exactly, yeah. it's yeah. like Dante's Inferno did you play that fucking but, game no I never did no. you could have, I think you could when you went through hell you could absolve or damn permanently damn yeah. like famous or infamous historical figures I think Hitler was in there 
You can send Hitler to heaven. You go, sorry, sorry, Hitler. You, you've done mistake. enough time here, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. Your time. there were some bad dudes in that. Did you, uh, did you make any mistakes in that game? Is that, mm. Or do you not know? Like where you get the wrong person. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go into specifics, but did, how you yeah. find out. But you know, it can be quite harrowing mm. when you find out that you actually made a fuck up because because you, yeah. you it's, it's sort of like you see the consequences. Right. Awesome. The long drop. Yeah. See ya. So yeah. what? I'm still rich. So you're fucked. And it, it's like, it, but it, who it, are it's, you? It's <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Jesus. You fucking uh, what, mate? <laughs> Danny Dyer is Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Oh, can you imagine that? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Don't um, imagine not, it. Do but, it. But that'll be. Yeah, but it's 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 a it's absolutely cracking game, mm. and like it does sound really good. But so it, it's very very much evolved from the previous ones mm. in, in lots of mm. really yeah, good it ways. Sounds... It still looks like shit, but it's like but not as bad. It's quite yeah. fun. Yeah, it's not as bad. It's quite mm. funny that they made a big thing about they advertised uh, uh, they made a big thing in the marketing about it being an Unreal Engine three powered game. Like it's 2014, <laughs> yeah, but that moral thing we say you can get it wrong, it doesn't do yeah. the Noir thing where you find out you got the wrong person and the guy bollocks you saying, You silly can't you got this wrong, and then the next day goes, You're right, Jim. No, it doesn't do that thing. No, where no. It is the... oh, somebody, somebody asked me, um, in the comments if it was anything like Ellie Noir, and it's like, No, I mean, because yeah. it's not shit, yeah, <laughs> mainly, and things actually make sense, mm. but it's amazing. Like, you can cock up a deduction really early on and get a conclusion that's totally off the mark. Like, mm. and I found that you could play with the deductions, um, to get different, you know, conclusions coming up and stuff. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the certain con- the certain deductions you can make where there, there is like an, an amount of guesswork is like it's not completely um, like binary scripted that um, you got these two pieces of information and these two deductions and you have to decide which one is the most logical. Because like, w- the other thing that feeds into that is that you, you, know, you pick up documents and, and you know, when you're interviewing people you hear like little fragments of speech that don't make it it's their way overtly into that deduction board system but you've been told so you've got mm. them in your head as the player which can inform your decision as to which things are most likely. So, so that there's there's a few things going on. Like there's the actual, um, you know, the actual script scripted in a software sense, scripted stuff that mm. that makes up the deductions that become available to you. But you know, to go with that, you've got to actually engage your brain and remember what you've been told and mm. what you've read. It, to, sound, it sounds excellent. It's, yeah. it's really, really, it also really sounds like it, a, a low budget game shouldn't be able to. Be able to map out that well, many choices. I think, I think this is like their eighth game, including a DS one. But I think they've been making these games for so long that, like most of the sort of most of the the, the, the sort of game bullshit they've got down mm. pat, and now they're they're able to expand into mm. right. Well, how do we make this actually really good? So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's it's frightening how you know um, such, such a. I mean, it's, it's obviously really low budget. Like, you just take one look at it, and you know it was made like on a fucking sixpence. But um, they're doing stuff in that game that a fucking like massive hundred million dollar production like Ellie Noir just completely failed to do. And they had really similar goals as well. And they totally fucked it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if Frog if Frogwares made Ellie Noir, it would have been better. Wouldn't have had that weird face tech though. No, yeah, that's the other the other reason it's better than Alien Noir is because it doesn't it's, have that weird face tech. Well, a character <laughs> a character can open their mouth and it doesn't look like they've got like a fucking weird fucked up vagina for a throat. 
so. <laughs> Honestly, fuck Ellie Noir. I'll so be much. putting that into the review when I get back to my desk. <laughs> well, it's like the plus and minus, it's plus that. no vagina. Throat. Exactly. I feel this is an important point we didn't quite get to in the review. All right, cool. So. Vagina throats, always a good place to end uh, video game discussion on. Should we move on to a few quick questions before we. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is there a vagina story question? Uh, there isn't, no. Uh, I'm sure there will be next week. Arsehole, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Jenny M asks, is this current broom of local multiplayer games a flash in the pan or do you think this trend will t- continue to evolve and grow? And I imagine by that we're talking the Gang Beast, the Nidhogg, the uh, Towerfall Ascension multiplayer games. You are a Gang Beast. Which are fucking brilliant. And there it does seem to be a whole resurgence of local multiplayer games. To a moment. point. To a point, it's never going to boom to the level of like a, a Call of Duty with local multiplayer only. You know, it has a ceiling now because yeah. online multiplayer is the big thing, and mm-hmm. will, local multiplayer will never overtake. There'll be, always be a place for local, but it's not convenient. You know, but did it ever go away? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, on, local multiplayer has always been uh, and always will be, as you say. It'll be dictated by how many people are in your house. Like mm. that doesn't fluctuate because now you can plug in. I think there's been a few like bigger examples recently of games that are just aiming for local multiplayer, which yeah, but not not many can afford to do because it's yeah, it's freaking I've, hard. I've like, got, but if you go to any university uh, house or shared house in the world, and anyone that's into video games mm-hmm. probably has a copy of FIFA and yeah. probably plays FIFA with the guys who live with them. Yeah. FIFA, Tekken, Mario Kart, all those games, they so, will be played locally. Yeah, but I suppose what you're saying is games that eschew a kind of Local. an online mm-hmm. kind of thing and mm-hmm. want... It's weird because EGX this, um, this weekend, like local multiplayer games are so freaking popular there. Like, mm. like Gang Beasts, as both times I've seen it at shows, it's had mm. a single screen, um, a banner that sets Gang Beasts on, and then about 80 people trying to stand around it and all grinning and like, laughing mm. at what's going on. And it's amazing to see that there. But like, I've, I, mean, I've lo- I love Gang Beasts, and I've been able to play it myself like four times. Mm. And that's helped largely by the fact that mm. I work in an office with video games people. That's the thing, local multiplayer basically has three audiences, doesn't it? Mm. Like kids on summer holiday... Students, as you said, and fucking full-time games journalists who work in an office with loads of other games journalists. Mm. They are all actually have the same mental age. As yeah, well, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, kids on summer holiday with their fucking like WWE posters and shit. <sighs> and it, it, it's it's a tough one to sell as well because you know, um, you know, Gang Beasts is is in early access at the moment. They've just been picked up by Double Fine and everything. Mm. That game is, I believe, $20 in early access now. So it's not finished, and you're pay- paying that much money for a game that how often can you know you everyone play, play that? Mm. Obviously, there's going to be certain examples that fit. And that's, that's why you don't get that many games that, um, that manage to just focus on local multiplayer, I think. And yeah, but, I, I, I want to see more of that, because they, they are some of the most fun things I've played in the last two years. But the other problem is, sorry, that we were talking about this, about like expos and stuff, that will be the best place for those games is that expos have become the new place, the new arcade in that everyone who goes to an expo, there will be people who go to just play Tekken games for winner oh, stays on. Like, they'll go to an people own that the went stand. there just to watch other people play Smash Brothers and that, yeah. was, that was all they did for the weekend and that's mm. it's great but it, yeah, I, it, how does that exist outside of those expos? Yeah, exactly. We're, there's no money being made in that regard like just someone turning up. you got to have friends, staying. yeah? Mm. you got to have Maybe friends. that's my issue. What was that, um, that game that, that, Fucking Bionic Arm, Bionic Commando. Mm. 
Not not talking about the 3D fucking... The sausage arm one. Bullshit. The, the I mean, like, Xbox Live Arcade one, the yeah, side-scroller. The XBLA one. Rearmed? Yeah, like, rearmed, that's mm. the one. Right, so um, I remember when that came out and me and my mates played that all the time because like, the, 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 the competitive local multiplayer on that is fantastic. Mm. And um, there was always talk of a sequel and it was suggested on a few in a few places that the sequel would have online multiplayer. And we were just like, fuck waiting for that because it's like you know i don't want to fucking look at you people you're <laughs> only ever meeting up to play rearmed right and then then it came out and uh you go onto the the store page and it says online functionality fucking leaderboards and that was possibly the worst day of my life <laughs> <laughs> so um you know for people like me who only begrudgingly see their friends mm. to play bionic commando rearmed i think uh those uh, fucking pigs. The, this yeah. whole, this whole multi, local multiplayer revolution is. Uh, I prefer local, local multiplayer. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do. It's just how feasible is it to do it all the time? Mm-hmm. Online multiplayer is successful because well, it's, you can it's just, feasible for us because yeah. you know that's kind of our job. But yeah, be a student. There you go. Mm-hmm. Re-enroll. Spend thirty grand to play Pez local multiplayer. Fucking, I guess, that's the dream. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I guess to answer the question, like whether or not that we'll see more of it. I think I think maybe the reason they have become it's become feasible to release local multiplayer games is helped somewhat by YouTubers because watching people play Gang Beasts is almost as fun. And some of these, if you like PewDiePie plays Gang Beasts and it will sell a certain amount of copies just because PewDiePie played it in the first place. And I guess that's, that maybe helps get those games out there yeah. to people that wouldn't see them. It's probably otherwise. also helped by the rampant overpopulation that's going to lead to the downfall. Wow! Yeah. Local multiplayer games are fun. Mm-hmm. Don't bring us down. Listen, with that, I just, that you know, chat. what I'm saying is that in about 50 years' time, someone's going to be strolling the fucking wasteland and they're going to find like an iPod or something. Yeah, and I'll be like, what's this technology? People used to. And they're going to listen to. And then I'll be exalted. I'll be like, there was one man who knew. He knew, and then they'll come and find me. I'll be living in a fucking temple somewhere. But that's Star Wars. I won't be killed by, like, Darth Vader, because what a load of shit. What a load of shit. Do you see yourself in a post apocalyptic world living in a temple? Uh, Well, I mean, I seem to be the only one planning for it. (laughs) Although one of my friends legitimately has about. 10,000 bottle caps. The temple is Edinburgh so Castle. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's quite... Seriously, in his fucking... Um, oh, in his garage, he's like, yeah, I just... For some reason, I just started collecting bottle caps. He's probably played Fallout. I'm like, you are a bottle cap billionaire. You know that. You're going to be worth this so is, much this cash. This is ridiculous up until it's not. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. No, I'm not going like to say 50 it. years in the future, it's Edinburgh Castle, but, you know, sea levels are rising. It's now the island paradise of Burnstopia. Exactly. <laughs> By Sinopolis, <laughs> the rule of law, whatever I'm, whatever mood I'm in that day, fucking <laughs> A. The pastor's bake, just get away with that. That's assuming that Edinburgh Castle hasn't split open to let the nuclear missiles out. <laughs> <laughs> To reveal a giant statue of salmon. You, like the actual, like Trident's just a distraction. The actual nuclear deterrent is fucking underneath Castle Rock in Edinburgh. They keep going, why? Well, it's, it's never, it's, uh, it used to be an active volcano. It's dormant now. It's dormant because they scooped out all the magma and put all the fucking world's <laughs> nuclear weapons in. So you, exactly. And if you were like fucking Notch, see, this is what, you know, Notch made Minecraft. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a fantastic achievement. But he such, seems like such a boring c- right? <laughs> wow. Do you know what? It's like, oh, I just, you know, okay, you know, there's a lot of stress in Minecraft. It is something far bigger than you probably ever thought it would be. What this annoys me about lottery winners as well. Yeah. Okay. Is they're like, oh, I won forty-eight million. Where's the but, jet skis? But I'm, I'm not going to change. If I was not, yeah, yeah. I would buy that fucking place. I'd be like, 
get my fucking leg. Oh, I'll be ridiculous. Yeah. I'd, I'd ride a helicopter everywhere and have a little winch attached to it where I just pick people up and drop <laughs> them off in the fucking sea. Do you know what, <laughs> and I have some of that. Do you know what he's actually doing? What? Just, he's just messing around with game jams. Oh, fuck. You don't oh. need $1.7 billion to do that. You don't need that money. I need that money, okay? Because I've got cool shit planned. Can you imagine the yes? video game of jet skis? That's it. Just jet skis. Buy jet skis. And then fucking buy an no, island I'd and then buy, just ride around in jet skis. I'd buy the licenses for uh, Pez. So <laughs> Pez would have all the FIFA licensing. And then I'd be like, oh, oh no FIFA fanboys. Cry your tears. Cry. <laughs> but, you know, fair, more, more power castle. two notch. Whatever you want to do, champs, your life. Them a boring. Or just buy EA and build those into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> or just push the uh, Canada cow. <laughs> just make them. Just make it. <laughs> Chris Williams asks: Will EGX moving around, away, moving away from Earl's Court, and I, I guess you mean moving away from London in general here, kill off any game show in the UK? No, it's, it's still in the UK. Mm-hmm. So the <laughs> the main EGX show is moving to Birmingham. Birmingham. It's not moving to Spain. Whereas Resd is now coming down to Tobacco Docks. Tobacco Dock. What's mm-hmm. that? A, a, a building in London. Oh, okay. Where you get your cheap fags, mate. So, so his question's asking about kid off any game show in the UK, but there's still two game well, shows well, EGX, in the UK. EGX, the one that is, has been in London for the last few years, is, is the bigger of the two. It's Resd tends to focus more on PC games mm-hmm. and indie games, whereas uh, EGX... Brat's in his fucking himself. element now because he doesn't yeah. have to doesn't have to go far to play all those lovely. I games. I prefer Rest, but yeah. by miles Rest is great. But Birmingham is still in the UK, so yeah, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's twenty years ago you, in the UK. Have you been to Birmingham? Yeah, I don't want to offend anyone. Who fucking lives there, but it's a shit hole. Yeah, like, honestly, again, again, if I had the the notch money. There's, I'd probably rebuild that. I'd say you're, you're I just have renovate Birmingham. Like I'd have a, a gigantic digger, like, and it'd obviously have to be quite big. You know? Yeah, for Spaghetti and Junction. Would, alone. And it would come in and it would just grab Birmingham, <laughs> like all of it, and it would just fucking move it. Into leave the Villa Park. Just leave it. Villa Park's oh, lovely. Villa Park, fuck off. Villa Park's well. lovely. Leave Only that. if they keep on having the semi-finals of the FA Cup there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean. Sorry, what were we talking about? So uh, AGX, no, is the short answer. Mm. Um, the long answer. Will you guys, will you guys travel? To, oh, you, I guess you don't you can go to EJX. I didn't travel to Wells Court. Would you travel to Birmingham, Jim, to go for to EJX? No. I guess that's that's what he's asking. Is how many people are going to have that that opinion? Or how many people are going to travel? I wouldn't travel to Birmingham if my mum was there mm-hmm. on fire and allowed <laughs> me to stamp it out. Yeah, pretty much. Although, yeah, in you know Birmingham, nah, hated it. Hated right. it every time I've been there. Sorry. Jeez. Okay, so look, yeah, I mean, it's fun to be disparaging about Birmingham because it's a shithole. But <laughs> that aside, um, it's not going to ruin EGX. EGX is going to it's going to be huge wherever mm. it mm. happens, wherever it is. But I think the one thing it is going to decimate, if not completely wipe out, is uh, is the social stuff that's 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 been brewing around EGX for the last few years. That, mm. That's what I'm going to miss because. Um, I mean, I've, I've been coming down to London for EGX before I lived here for the last, I don't know, five years. Um, you know, you, you see these, the same faces every year. It feels like a big reunion with all your mates. This year, um, you know, all my friends from Scotland came down mm-hmm. that I haven't seen most of them since I moved here. Um, and it was, a, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a nice occasion where you get to just see people. And that was the great thing about it. I can't be arsed with Expos, like fucking... Queuing for forty-five minutes for a ten-minute show that's, of Assassin's dude, Creed. Dude, that's not that. what that's not what that show has to be about. No, that's fine. I, no, I spent I the whole time upstairs playing no, fucking I, loads of new games. Go. Here we go. No, yeah. you for anything. no, that's fine. That's what you get out of it. I, I get nothing out of it. That's what I'm saying. But um, 
No, the, the actual expo itself, I, I couldn't give a toss about. So, but, so the, but the stuff around it, mm, I, yeah. I, re- I really am going to miss. So we just need to arrange a piss up then, basically. But in Birmingham. No, not in Birmingham. No, just keep in London. Don't worry about the games. <laughs> what we're basically saying is we don't care about the games. We just care about the piss up afterwards. If, if, I could, if, if the same people could be convinced just to come down, we could still have all the social stuff in London just while EGX is happening elsewhere because nobody comes down for the fucking games. We'll right. have it in the video Except game office. The, oh, you mean from Scotland? Well, like, as in none of your mates come down for the games because a lot of people mo- them, like, travel to go to EGX to look at new games. I think that's yeah, part of its thing. Can you imagine getting on a train for 400 miles to get a 10 minute shot of Evil Within? That's not what it has to be about. Can you, can it's you, not just like, it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. It's the reason I prefer Res. There's, lo- there's loads of cool games I hadn't seen before. Like, like, you, you, there's more to it than just the Assassin's Creed's and the Far Cry's that you have to kill. I know that. Yeah, hours. but most so people why, who want to see stuff probably want to see that sort of shit, don't yeah. they? The vast majority will queue up to see the ones with the big posters and that. They yeah, won't go to the, the indie the corner. Reason, the reason that you don't have to queue to play the games you like to play is that nobody else wants to play them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the, the majority. <laughs> people do travel Jesus hundreds Christ. and hundreds of guys. miles to get 10 minutes on a game that's, that they've, they've already decided to Gamescom, buy. Gamescom, uh, last year when I went and I had, um, I had press passes to Titanfall, Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain, given that there were about 40 million people on the show floor queuing for it, that, if I'd have come onto like a balcony and held out these two press passes and says, which of you would like these? And they'd have got everyone got to me. I could have made them do anything. It'd be like in Conan, when, uh, when James L. Jones, he gets rid of the riddle of steel. He says, now it's about people. And he points to that beautiful woman. He says, jump off. She just jumps off, kills herself. And he's like, there you go, Conan. I'm unfucking-stoppable. That would have been it. So people want to see fucking hot new AAA. You know what I mean? They want to play. They want to see AAA games jump off a of building. Exactly. Maybe, maybe next year at E3, press passes, then onto the show floor. Come with me, minions. Amazing. <laughs> now fight this guy to the death. <laughs> you just created the Hunger Games of E3. I, pl- I played one, one, um, one of a game, I guess. One of the games that's on the, the main part of the show floor at EGX, and it was Splatoon. And that game is one that I've been trying to get excited about since it was revealed, because it was revealed in such a oh, yeah, you, ridiculous you, you, you were really way. championing on that when it, when it was first it, it was doing new stuff, and it, it seemed interesting. I played it, and I, I imagine that you, know, you can play with the Wii Pro controller and whatever, but on this demo, you were playing with the gamepad, you look left and right with your thumbstick, but you, move, you aim up and down by moving the gamepad itself. Oh. In a fast-paced shooter, mm. that's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. With two thumbsticks and as well. you win the, the game mode we were playing, you win by having the, the majority of the map covered with your team's ink. Well, but that's only counted by the, the ink that lands on the floor. So you spend an awful lot of that game pointing your gamepad down, aiming at the floor, and holding down your trigger. In fact, you never let go of the trigger. I don't even yeah, know why I, there is a trigger. You yeah. guys are just constantly firing. And the game is disappointing. Like, oh, mm. fuck. I was, I was expecting, like, cool Nintendo shit and I got a game about like I don't know waving my gamepad around and feeling like a bit of a moron mm. I once queued at PlayStation Experience which was also I was caught mm. many years ago to play Resident Evil Outbreak or Biohazard Network as it was then mm. and I was like yes I have queued I'm getting to play it it was the worst fucking thing I've ever played mm. it was just this is a game called Biohazard Network that launched in the in Europe with no network functionality. Yeah. Yet they had a massive adapter in the back of the PS2. Shit. shit. You've just reminded me of my, one of my favourite things about this year's show, Bloodborne. Um, you queued up for that game. Massive queue, as you'd expect. Mm. 
but it wasn't a timer thing. You just got one life, which is the most like Souls-like oh, thing I've ever heard. Great. So you could queue up for like, I don't know how long the queues ended up becoming, mm. maybe like an hour, I, I don't really know, and like die on one of the first couple of minions. And well, that's, that's like, right, you learned your lesson, didn't you? Good job. Mm. Yeah. Release the cube Welcome to Bloodborne. Yeah. I, I, think that's, I think that's brilliant. It's really what if someone cool. one, bro- one broke the whole thing? I, I think, um, oh, was it like four people managed to do it? Or something. Did Four get, people managed to complete the demo. Oh, right. or, maybe that's just one of those rumors that was flying around. <laughs> like, dude, my, my mate yeah. completed Bloodborne. Yeah. One life. So, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Mate, oh, I did it in three which, minutes. Which, like, if it, if the queue hadn't been so freaking intimidating, that that was the one that I really wanted to play. I was like, yeah, this is my time. I could. This is my time. Do this. Didn't you just walk in and say the shaggers is here? Yeah. I've never walked on in Jim's shoulders while so everyone chanting shaggers at you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> shaggers, shaggers. All right. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to cock. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with uh, one last question. I'm going to. Did you. Have you played The Evil Within yet? Yeah, fucking loads of it. Okay. Cyber Eagle asks Do you think The Evil Within will have a good balance of action and horror, or will it just be a zombie shooter? That can be our last question. Well, Shadows of Dan Interesting too. question. It's not Shadows of Dan 2. <laughs> oh, wait. Trust me. Him up. I play Shadows of Dan. Mm-hmm. I mean. It was the most ridiculous game I've ever played. It's a great game. Um, so, yeah, it, the way I've been describing Evil Within, it plays a little bit like the Resident Evil remake on GameCube, but it has the mechanics and looks of kind of Resident Evil 4. So the over-the-shoulder, you know, the camera pulls in when you draw the gun, all that sort of shit. However, ammunition is scarce. It's best to kind of try and avoid all, all contact and combat. When you can, there are certain enemies you can't kill, and in fact, shooting them brings them closer towards you, and they kill you in one hit. So, you have to use the uh, you get like a, a crossbow, which has different uh, types of ammunition in it, and that obviously does damage against different foes. Blah blah blah. But yeah, mainly it seemed to be a horror adventure game where sometimes, if it wanted it, you shot stuff. Okay, but not the not the other way around. I really. think that's what. We wanted here to be honest. There you go. It's good. There you go. Okay. I'll wrap it up for the questions. Um, one last thing about the podcast competition. Sorry, we've uh, been a little bit delayed on this because there's just been all the previews and... Uh, just, you know, it's almost like it's getting to the point where every fucking stupid bastard publisher wants to release every game within five, literally five minutes of each other. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be sorting out the... the Podcast competition from uh, well, our last podcast competition. We'll be announcing the winner later on today or tomorrow. The winner is, um, no, is me. You, no, that's not true. No, the winner is Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer for time slags. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to send you a free video game. Can we actually? Pounds. Can we go and sketch out a rough idea of the of time slags? It'd be like Fucking where right. where in the world is Carmen San Diego? But with uh, <laughs> like time time slags, it's like blue neon logo. Like, <laughs> 45 degree angle across oh, the bottom. Danny Dyer standing out like that with a fucking gun. And behind him, there's just this this really sort of ominous looking cityscape. And to the left, you see. Won't the, the, won't the Ryan will be there somewhere. In the background on the side of the road, welcome to Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> but at the top, it's got to be the bad guy's eyes as well, whoever that is. Like, name like flashback. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this month's competition is going to be, as Steve just mentioned, October is full to the brim with video games, big video games. Lots of them. Big Too pin many pin. of them. Too many. Mm. Too and many. Some of them might get lost in all that noise. And we at videogame.com are, are worried about that happening. So, for this competition, we'd like you to come up with an aggressive marketing campaign 
for Power Rangers Super Mega Force, which yes. releases on Nintendo 3S on October 28th. We're worried... The, the Nintendo that, what? Nintendo 3DS. You missed out the D there. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> it's, it's getting released at the end of this month. We're worried that it's going to get lost. People aren't talking about it enough. People are talking about Alien Isolation. Yeah. Where's the I mean, I Super haven't Megathors? been talking about Alien Isolation. No, no one in here has been talking about it, Brad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why I pointed at you like that then, Steve. No, Sorry. Didn't, we didn't know you pointed at him. It's I'm a radio talk- show. I don't know why you're saying you pointed. I've been talking about big budget uh, space hide and seek. Oh, shit. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're quite similar. <laughs> so He was talking about the Panto this year. Exactly. He's behind you, Panto, coming this Christmas. Steve McFadden. If you'd like to enter this competition, there's going to be a forum thread on the site which you can uh, go and have a look at. Put something in there, something visual that we can uh, mess around with and show off later on. And if we like your aggressive marketing campaign for Power Rangers Super Megathorce the most, you win a video game up to the value of £50. You could win Power Rangers. You could, in fact, win Power Rangers Super Megathorce. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to. I I mean, well, that's what... I would well, so have get, to tell you. Yeah, so They're it doesn't get have lost. To explain why that game is worth your attention. I would imagine a version of Power Rangers where every Zord is, is a different animal's penis. <laughs> <laughs> and they all combine together into a Megazord that's just this Do, massive fucking walloper. Does anyone actually know anything about Super Megathos? No, the last time I... Uh, Danny Dyer is Zord. You're about to say yeah. you played a Power Ranger game. No, the last time I you know knew anything about Power Rangers, I was pretty much the target age for most of the... <laughs> On the planet, so uh, I, uh, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I gotta say, unbelievable. Wow. You're an adorable child, Burns, as well. Was yeah, you, a very good looking child, yeah. great tasting cardigans, <laughs> you know. Did you write letters in as well? <laughs> no, no, after uh, Lorraine Kelly dissed me, I just kind of turned into the man I am today. Yeah. That'll do it for this. That's right, we've still to send a drone strike to Tayport to the Video Gamer UK podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you to my co hosts, Stephen Burns, Brett Phipps, and Jim Trinker. Goodbye.